everyone. Welcome once again to Coffee with Jesus. Today we're going to be diving into an interesting portion of scripture, and the title very simply for today is Hidden John. Hidden John. If you're new to our podcast, welcome. As far as possible, we release this every Tuesday, and the point of us coming together each week is to spend about 15 minutes together speaking about something, anything, that may help us become more like Jesus. So thank you for tuning in. Please subscribe to this podcast on whichever platform you are on. And let's dive into today's session, Hidden John. I'm going to read a couple of portions of Scripture, and then we're going to talk about this concept of Hidden John. I want you to, we're going to dive into the Gospel of Luke uh, in the first chapter, and we're going to read a few passages. In verse 13, it says this, The angel said to him, this is Zechariah, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard. And your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great before the Lord. And he must not drink wine or strong drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah, to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, and the disobedience to the wisdom of the just to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. Just some context about this. For 400 years, there has been no prophetic visitations or visions in Israel, and they are living under Roman rule. This is the exact opposite of what God had separated Israel for. God had called them as a people for intimacy and influence globally. Think about it. God called Israel apart. He set them apart so that they would know that he was God. He says over and over through scripture, I will be your God and you will be my people. And he also calls them to be, to, to be blessed so that they can bless the nations. He calls them to intimacy and influence. And in this moment, they were experiencing neither. They had no influence on the nations around them. In fact, they were subjugated. And they had no intimacy with their father. In fact, there was silence. And into this context, John is promised to a man and a woman who had no place expecting a baby, let alone a prophet. The angel in this encounter not only promises a baby, but a life of purpose, potential. And this hadn't happened in centuries. All Zechariah had to go on in this moment was stories from the past, stories from Israel's history. He was leaning into story instead of experience to make any sense of this moment. Think about how difficult that must be. You experience something that has only ever been thought of in the context of story. Never experienced. You've never experienced anything like what you are experiencing, and now you have to try and make sense of it. As you may or may not know, because of the way Zechariah responds, he is made mute until the baby is born. His voice is taken away. Then a few verses later, in verse same chapter, Luke 1, verse 24, it says this, After these days, his wife Elizabeth conceived, and for five months she kept herself hidden, saying, Thus the Lord has done for me in the days when he looked on me, to take away my reproach among the people. This is a moment that in my head doesn't make sense. I've wondered at it. For five months, Elizabeth told no one and Zechariah couldn't tell anyone. For five months, John was a hidden blessing and a hidden gift. For five months, no one outside of Zechariah and Elizabeth knew that a baby was coming and a prophet was being born. Then, again, jump down a few verses, we read this. Luke 1, 39 to 41. In those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leapt in her womb. 
and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In the sixth month, the only person to know about the pregnancy of Elizabeth was Mary. And the only reason she knew was because of an angelic visitation. I wonder if John would have remained hidden for the whole pregnancy had Mary not come. So out of this passage, I want us to explore together what these passages could be telling us. And the first question I want to ask is, why hide John? For me, this is an important question. Why for six months would you hide a miracle? Why keep your miracle a secret? Why hide the promise of God in your life from others? Elizabeth says she stayed hidden from the people because part of the miracle she was carrying was a removal of shame from her. She said that she'd been a reproach to her people. She saw this baby as a means to step out of the stigma and shame of being barren in that time in society. I wonder how far we can, we can understand what she's going through. She was, she was carrying a miracle that would eventually mean that she no longer had to be ashamed of her lot in life. There was obviously shame attached to her. Being a barren wife to a priest, she must have been the, the talk of the, uh, of the town. People must have gossiped about her, and, and there was an element of shame in her life. And if that's the case, why keep this miracle hidden? Why not proclaim it to everyone? I am pregnant. Well, there may be a few reasons. Maybe she was afraid it was all too good to be true. I think some of us do that. When something so amazing happens, we almost try and think of the worst possible case scenario that could happen because we don't want to get used to the joy that comes with a miracle. And so maybe she was afraid. Maybe, maybe people would make her doubt that this was a miracle. Maybe if she shared it, people may be able to talk her out of enjoying the miracle. Maybe they would ask too many questions. Maybe they would come to her and say, did God really? Was this just a normal thing? Ah, oh, as an older woman, how are you going to, to, to raise this child? You and Zechariah are old. Have you thought about what happens if you guys die? Maybe she was afraid that people would come alongside and ask too many questions. Because here's the thing. Maybe she kept it hidden because she couldn't explain it. Maybe that was the issue. Maybe she realized she couldn't explain fully what God was doing. She knew part of the story, but she didn't know all of the story. Regardless, regardless of why, regardless of the, the reasons, what she tells us is that John remained hidden because there was so much shame attached to Elizabeth. Whether it came with fear, maybe lack of explanation, doubt, whatever it is, shame was a dominant voice in the story. And it's amazing how shame can shape what we do and how we respond to things. This was a moment, a miracle that was going to redefine her and the world. She was no longer going to be a barren wife of a priest. She was now going to be a fruitful mother to a prophet. This was a major shift in her life, and shame made her fearful to share it. This begs the question for us. What have we kept hidden because of shame? What have we allowed to remain in the dark because we are ashamed of ourselves or something we have done? Perhaps in your life there is a testimony that you've never told anyone. Because shame has told you, people will judge you by your past if you share that testimony. Maybe there's a miraculous healing that has never been told because the disease or injury brings shame to your heart. Perhaps there is a calling or a gifting on your life, but you're neglecting it because shame says you aren't worthy to pursue it. Shame will tell you, who are you to preach? Who are you to lead? Who are you to love? Shame can 
can make us hide testimonies, ignore miracles, and neglect callings. So just for a moment, where has shame kept you hiding? Perhaps five months seems like a long time, but perhaps for some of us, it's not just five months, it's five years, five decades even. Where has shame caused you to look at a miracle in a way that, that keeps things hidden? What are you hiding because of shame? So that's kind of my first question. Then my second question is, Mary's visit seems really important in this scenario. It seems like there's a lot of, lot of emphasis on Mary's visit. So why, why put so much emphasis on Mary's visit? Mary receives this angelic information and she goes straight away to Elizabeth. And it resulted in a praise party in Elizabeth's womb. I love how the promise of the angel to Zacharias says, your, your son will receive the spirit in the womb, the Holy Spirit in the womb. But it only happens when Mary steps into the house. But think about Mary for a moment. She was the opposite end of the spectrum to Elizabeth in many ways. Instead of being barren, she was a virgin. Instead of being married to a priest, she wasn't even married yet. She was still single. Her context was completely different in many ways, and yet she was just as much a potential victim of shame as Elizabeth. I wonder if Mary thought about hiding. I wonder if Mary thought about not telling anyone the real story. Instead, however, Mary doesn't hide. She goes. She goes to Elizabeth. Instead of wallowing in her own situation and potential shame, she goes to celebrate with another woman who was experiencing the miraculous. Mary shows us that when there is a potential for shame to invade our hearts and minds, perhaps that is the very time to step out of our situation and step into someone else's situation. Mary, the first person apart from Zechariah to see Elizabeth, had to go to her. Think about this. Elizabeth didn't come to Mary. Mary had to go to Elizabeth. The praise party in Elizabeth's womb was a direct result of Mary choosing to go when she had every reason to stay. Often, people stuck in shame are not going to be the ones to push in first. Elizabeth did not push into Mary's space. Mary pushed into Elizabeth's space. Shame not only calls one to hide, but it shackles people in the shadows. It keeps people stuck in place. Shame doesn't, sh shame doesn't just keep us hidden. It keeps us stagnant. Shame says don't go out. Shame says don't get involved. Shame says don't bring other people into the journey. Those are three things that Mary ignored. Mary went out. Mary got involved. And Mary got involved in Elizabeth's journey. So here's the question again. Who do we need to go to because they are stuck in a place of shame? Who in your world do you know that there is shame attached to them? They've stayed hidden. They've stayed stuck. They've stayed stagnant. And who do we need to go to? Because here's the reality of the story. We can either be Elizabeth hiding with her miracle, or we can be Mary going with her miracle, but we can't be both at the same time. We cannot be both Mary and Elizabeth in this passage. Both carried miraculous promises from God. Both had every reason to feel shame. One hid. And the other went. So every single person listening to this, just take this moment. As followers of Jesus, people who have a deposit of the Holy Spirit inside each and every single one of us, we all have gifts, calling, testimonies. Here's the question. Will we hide or will we go? The potential for shame is always there. 
And even in the midst of a miracle, it doesn't sound right, but even in the midst of a miracle, there is the potential for shame. But the voice of shame seeks to keep you hidden when God is calling us to go. He, he tells his disciples, go into all the world making disciples. I love how even the, 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 the apostles, if you think of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the accounts of the gospels, they don't shine a very positive light on the disciples, do they? The disciples actually come out looking pretty bad in the gospels. But Jesus said to them, don't hide. Don't, don't allow shame of what could have been, the shame of how you engaged with me. Don't allow that shame, Peter, from never telling your story. Don't allow shame, Peter, of the, the denial. Don't let the shame attached to that moment stop you from being a carrier of the gospel. And so what we read in the Gospels is men and women who had every reason, again, to be shameful, choosing to share their story, choosing to move, choosing to go, not because they had everything right, but because Jesus is right. So here's some diagnostic questions for us, as always. Where is shame keeping you hidden? Or what are you hiding because of shame? Is shame limiting you in any way? Where could you step out of shame into purpose? And who could benefit from your stepping out rather than by st staying in? There are people in our world who have gifts of God, talents, testimonies stuck inside of them. But there are many equally who have allowed shame to force them into hiding. And so for us today, if you're listening to this, my prayer is that you would step into just one person's reality today. That you would allow your gift not to keep you hidden, but that you would see your gift as a reason to go and to step into the situations of others and release them. I love the fact that Mary stepped into the house, greeted Elizabeth, and the spirit moved. John was filled, and Elizabeth worshipped. What if some people's worship has been restrained by their shame? And by us stepping into their situation, the spirit moves, their shame is broken, and their worship breaks out. And I pray that this has helped you. I pray that you can begin to see how when God gives us a miracle, there's always the potential for shame, but there's a greater potential for breakthrough. Have an amazing day, everybody, and we'll look forward to seeing you again next week. God bless. Bye.